You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Sam Claiborne. Hello. And Justin Davis. Scoop. We've got a great show for you this week. We've got a couple anniversaries to celebrate this week. You may not realize that both the Nintendo 64 and IGN.com share a birthday. They both turned 25 this week. And we have some very interesting data about gamers and different types of gamers and different gamer behaviors that I had to share with you from a, a recent study that IGN conducted. I thought our audience would find that pretty interesting. But first, it is... October, it is Q4 by the time everyone is listening and watching this. And that can only mean one thing. Mm-hmm. It's time for Q4 Justin. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. So I was waiting for it. He's, he's definitely here. You're going to see the rings under my eyes get like more and more sunken. How many more Black Fridays are there this year than usual? Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say, how many more can I survive? And the answer is um, minimal. We'll, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I was I was actually wasn't even 100% sure that uh, Q4 Justin was still a thing, but apparently it is. Yeah. Once you said Q4, Justin's whole face just fell, so mm-hmm. I knew it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is there a Black Friday this year? Uh, yes, but I actually do have a little mini scoop for you. Many nice. retailers are uh, are they're worried about everyone ordering something all at once because the supply yeah. chain's all messed up. Yes. So we are we are going to see sales and deals and stuff start early, as early as maybe even next week. And so yeah. you're going to see retailers saying, you know, we guarantee, we promise, this is going to match our Black Friday price. Like, just go ahead and buy it now. Don't wait to next month. And so um, that's um, I, you know, that's. We'll see if that's actually true, but like that's the word on the street. 
Well, I've been saying for years, the one thing that Black Friday needs is more scarcity and more a lethal danger in the form of a pandemic. I think that's what <laughs> we needed for a, a rush on a big box store uh, and mm -hmm. tradition. So, yep. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. New tradition. Uh, and I guess I guess Q4 can mean one other thing. It means it's time to check in with Game of the Year Watch. <laughs> Eagle Source. They'll add it in post. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I never, I never check, but I, I assume whoever edits this show actually adds the graphics in post. I don't check. Yeah, well, yeah, well, the joke's on you because nobody edits the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Game of the Year Watch 2021 continues. Uh, we have several nines that have been added over the last quarter, and one ten, the only ten of the year so far. And that oh. would be, of course, you should have let me take a drink of water first so I could have spit it out. <laughs> In I'm, complete lack of surprise. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing stopping you. Uh, of course, Deathloop is... I mean, there's is no the water game. in the cup, so... It's going to be gross. <laughs> You'd just be spitting spit. Just spit. Just spit. Yeah. I don't even have any spit to spit. Yeah. This is a professional uh, show. I don't, I don't want to anyway, talk about this anymore. <laughs> anyway, Deathloop. The, the lone 10 out of 10 uh, of the year so far from IGM. Um, I, I've, I've continued to play it over the past week, although I've been playing less because I've been playing Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Really? You well. started mm -hmm. right with Circle, huh? Yeah, yep. I just figured I'd start well, I guess that's an okay excuse, and you have nothing else going on in your life. I thought you would have beat this by now. Uh, I, I well, think you're I, close I to have, it. I only have one visionary, uh, whatever, lead left that I'm chasing down. You've Shame. probably got like an hour, an hour and a half left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So did you finish it, Tina? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I finished okay, wow. it. And um, I won't spoil anything, but people have been mm -hmm. com having conversations about the ending and whether or not it lives up to the you know hours of mystery that you play through as you're killing the visionaries and figuring out the perfect murder scheme. Uh -huh. um, and I don't think it quite does. It, it feels okay. like a game that had a huge vision and they mm -hmm. had to make sacrifices as any development team has to. And uh, some of that came out of like... I, what I feel like having played it and I have no idea. I have not talked to developers or anything, um, but it does feel like maybe some of the sacrifices were in some of the story building and how it kind of coalesces in the end. That's all I'll say. Mm, well, the true, the true journey was the murders you did along the way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. How creative could you be in your murdering? That's true. Everybody that stands by a door in this game, you just murder over and over again. I feel especially bad for them, but they don't remember. <laughs> They're just badly placed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those ones, there's always like the three people talking right when you leave a door. Yeah. Like, wow, they're screwed. I beat it too. I really liked oh. uh, every moment of this game. And uh, I, uh, right through the ending, I, I thought, it was, I, and I totally know what Tina's talking about. We had a conversation about this too. It, it, it's, it, it's interesting and it absolutely leaves it in a place where I'm like, I don't, there can either be a really cool series of games after this game or mm -hmm. this is it. And I'd be fine with either mm -hmm. actually. I hope there's a follow-up of a lot of cool, cause there's so much left unexplored. And then a lot of the story that you have to piece together based on like random dialogue or things that you find in the environment, which is true mm -hmm. for any like really big um, open world game that has those sorts of like hidden documents and <clears throat> emails and whatnot, but especially so in this case. Damon, have you played Alexis's party level in any scenario? I'm sure you played it several times by now. Yes, yes, several times. <laughs> yeah, that level sucks. Oh, I liked it, <laughs> dude. You have it's to play it tough. Hard. It's really I just hard. did. I yeah. did more of like a guns. I did it like a guns blazing approach. Well, that is what I end up doing. 
after yeah. <laughs> I try so hard to stealth it. And, you know, the first time you play it, or the first time you have to complete it, you're not allowed to guns blaze it, I think, unless you kill the, the leader. But, um, yeah. yeah, until then, you basically have to be stealthy or things can be, you have to re-loop, re which is annoying. But, uh, yeah, I played that mission so many times. I know so much about that level, and it's all in my brain right now. You know, it won't be there three weeks from now, but it's really funny. Mm -hmm. To the point, I, one time Tina and I were talking about this, and it was like, you know, every single like suitcase gun you pick up, like I know where they all are, I know mm -hmm. where like everything is. It's just it feels kind of like playing a you know a, a, an N sixty four game where you like a Banjo Kazooie or something where you really know a level really well or a Mario sixty four level. I thought that was that's a good thing about it, but I also yeah. got really frustrated having to play it so many times because I failed a lot. My fault. Well, a lot of people have noted that the the AI is not great in Deathloop. And in that level, that's like a perfect example where, you know, the party is taking place in this mansion and there's one entrance to it. And if you, you go into like a big courtyard area and if you get spotted, all the enemies will rush to the courtyard and attack you, but they won't chase you outside. They won't like, they will not cross the threshold of the mansion. Yeah. So it's easy enough to just pop in, take out a couple of enemies, then pop out again, uh, wait for well, to calm down, pop in, take out a couple of enemies, pop out again. And there's health right outside the, there's never ending health restoration right outside the mansion. So but Damon, I, say, I, I spent no time in that courtyard. I was always inside th through the rooftops mm -hmm. and I had like one staircase that enemies did not go up. They did not know how to use these <clears> stairs. <throat> and I did the same thing in the end. I just have to shoot from the staircase over and over again. It was very funny. I would say like counterpoint, Damon, I oh had goodness. a raccoon. I had a raccoon on my deck the other day and <laughs> I, I, I scattered him away. Scat, get out yeah, of here, yeah. raccoon. But yeah. then when he scampered away, I didn't chase him through my backyard. Fair point. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Are you expected territory. to just give up your yeah. grounds? Like you're in the middle of a party. What are you going to do? Yeah. Like chase this little rascal pest yeah. around you, your entire grounds? You rascal, you get out of here. Okay. <laughs> he's, I tried he's, to not, I tried he's not going to shoot anybody else. <laughs> I tried to shoo away a raccoon. I was at an Airbnb, like in Guerneville, the Russian River area. It's so, like North San Francisco in the woods. And uh, there's raccoons everywhere. There are also those in my neighborhood. But this raccoon was on the porch outside a glass door. And uh, I wasn't really worried about it. But I was, you know, just kind of like interacting with it. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And then it stood up on its hind legs like a little man. And it did not stop standing. It just, it just stood on its hind legs like a gnome. And yeah. just and just stared through the window, and you know, I got some friends over. I was like, "Look at this raccoon standing like a little man." I and it wasn't like looking or peering around or anything. It was just locked. Yeah, it's unsettling. It was very unsettling. I I, I chased it off. I shoot it off. I was like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> With that standing like a little man. <laughs> and you probably didn't chase it much farther out out the door, right? That's just right. The... I, it was an exact stop that just like the party in in this game. I stopped at the glass doors. Yeah, I don't want to pass the, the threshold. Um, the role-playing game level is the exact same way. They will not chase you out of the building. So there's lots of these bottleneck points where you can just get enemies to charge at you, and there's no danger of them really. The role-playing game level? What you talking about, Damon? The, uh, what's, it's, uh, I forget what the name is. Oh, do you mean there's when you're in the laser tag area? Oh, well, the, the, the game. The thing. alien game. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 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 Got it. I anyway. mean, they, they'll actually, they'll drop from the top of the, the stairs and then suddenly yes. they're like on the first level. So they'll, they'll go so far as to do that. And then sometimes they'll call in reinforcements in the courtyard before you actually get into the game level. So there's a couple surprises where if you're trying to stealth away, um, they'll, yeah. they'll catch you and, and get you back in. Yeah. yeah, game level is hard for me too. I thought that one, I hated when you had to play that one a second time and carrying a very loud thing through it. That was a really mean mission. 
Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that one was less fun for me. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, you, you guys are giving me FOMO, by the way, for I, I feel like now I feel like I have to beat it. But uh, oh, yeah. you guys yeah, think, sure. do you think, does it feel like a game of the year contender? Yeah. Yeah, d- despite the like slightly, because, you know, the content of the ending, I suppose, wasn't as much of a of an issue as the, I'm trying not to spoil it, um, as like the, it's just not the payoff that I was wanting. Um, but outside of that, I still feel like it was very inventive and there's a lot of elements of this game that, uh, that I would agree is like on a 10 out of 10 level from, um, from the atmosphere, from the characters and the writing and the gameplay mechanic, like the loop worked out really well, um, in the, in the sense of like getting you to memorize these levels and feeling really like working your way really intimately around them too. So Mm -hmm. I love all those things. Definitely a contender for me. I'll give a plug for a thing that was frustrating to me, but that I like, and I think is the right thing to do is that nothing's explained. You know, it's like, there's, there's a bunch of cool stuff that you learn about interesting aspects of the world and the game, but like, there's things that you don't. And it's like lost, right? Where it's like, sometimes the explanation is really cool. And sometimes you don't need the explanation. Right. And so I, I kind of liked how they held off on some of it. And in some of the, I just, I want to know more, which is probably the best way to leave somebody at the end of a experience, like a video game or, movie or a concert right leave money more yeah very true my uh, my barometer for that sort of thing is am i still thinking about the game after i finished mm-hmm. it and am i googling around to see what other people thought yeah. and what theories people have that's what uh, we well, like about all the marvel movies and stuff right it's like that's mm-hmm. a, the exact thing so I, I commend that and i think that takes some craft to do mm-hmm. side note is anyone watching squid game not yes. yet i intend to just watching it yeah it's um boy it's uh it's a real bummer <laughs> you watched did you watch the whole thing no not yet okay we're four episodes in yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the only reason i bring it up is that it is also very mysterious and i'm enjoying mm-hmm. it but i'm also hoping at least most of it gets explained i'm hoping mm-hmm. it's um it has so nothing hard. to do with it has nothing to do with splatoon not <laughs> not one not one bit well that's yeah. good to know i'm not gonna watch it anymore no i'm not kidding <laughs> This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um, okay, other games that have gotten a nine over the last quarter include Hot Wheels Unleashed. I think that one surprised everybody. <laughs> looks mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I mean, everybody it loves it. Just it looks cool. Yeah. Like, I was just like, wow, that's a really mm. neat variation of Hot Wheel toys. Like, how gratifying to be someone that makes this game and then, you know, to have that recognized. Like, no, we're not trying to, like, poop out just a Hot Wheels game. Like, we're really taking it seriously. And then, and then um, you know, and then see the positive response. I keep hearing such good things about it. Yeah. There's a long tradition of Hot Wheels games going back to the Commodore 64. Whoa. Apparently. Um, and this game wasn't on my radar, but actually it looks... My, my, my two-year-old son has started to enjoy watching me play some games. He loves the robot game or Astro's Playroom. Mm-hmm. And of course, like so many kids, he's into cars, so he might watch. He might enjoy watching me play some Hot Wheels Unleashed. Oh, he would definitely like this game. Uh, and I, this one may need some explanation from Justin. Tales of Arise. Oh, why me? I thought you liked the Tales games. No, I even pointed this out in my op-ed that I read about them. <laughs> You're thinking of uh, the Trails games. Trails. Oh and my I'm, gosh. I'm, I'm not even I was making thinking a of Trials. Yeah, and, and there's trials. No, the the JRPGs I like are Trails, Trails in the Sky. But the Tales games, I, you know, I haven't played one since Tales of Symphonia. Just really good, beloved, well done JRPGs. That um, you know, again, I haven't played one since the GameCube days, so I can't speak to to how they're doing now in 2021. But um, yeah. you know, I know that they have a lot of cachet amongst genre fans. Yeah, I haven't played any any games in the series, but reading our review, it just seems like a just a really really solid. Japanese RPG, but I think this is, I think it's actually an action RPG. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the combat systems are always really cool and action-y. Yeah. Sam and Tina, I know you both loved um, Final Fantasy VII Remastered. So is Tales of Arise something you would check out? I think so. I mean, it, it's not one that's necessarily been on my personal radar, but I've heard about it enough <coughs> and heard enough good things thinking, like, maybe I need to remedy that. Yeah. Well... As you know, I pick one JRPG to play a year. That's all I can stomach. <laughs> so I have to choose my battles, and I usually choose those right around the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. Um, because that's when I have some time to play a big game like this. So this, I don't know if I'd pick this one. I, I, I kind of like, um, I kind of like uh, the style to be a little bit different. This one is kind of like, reminds me of um, what is the Xeno series? Xeno mm-hmm. played. Xenoblade, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, like, you know, it's like in, it's like what Final Fantasy VII did too, where it's like industry and fantasy. I kind of lean towards more like cartoony JRPGs. I like the Dragon Quest kind of thing, and I still haven't played that latest game, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, okay, Life is Strange True Colors also got a nine. Uh, that's also a series that I haven't played. Can't Do you know who wrote that game? Or was well, I know that, that Ryan game Clements game? was on, or worked on the game. Isn't that funny? Small world. I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, oh, it's it really awesome. 
Yeah. 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 Those who've joined us recently, Ryan Clements was an IGN editor that was probably on GameScoop at one point at some point. Yes, but he was uh, more known as a PlayStation <laughs> editor and was on Podcast Beyond all the time. Hey, what was Beyond and called it, before it was Beyond? It was, it was so always that's, Beyond. That's the uh, one that started because like Three Red Lights was unlocked. Mm-hmm. GameScoop was called, what was it called? Well, before GameScoop, IGN just had this podcast called News. No, it was like This Week in Gaming. This Week in Gaming. Mm. Something like that. Um, and then what right Clements is at Riot now? Yep. Just since that's on right? Yeah. Along with uh Steimer and Ryan Geddes. <sighs> yeah, I guess that's true. He's got a whole cabal over there, former IGN. <laughs> yeah. Same um, anyway, I know Life is Strange, that series has uh, a, a dedicated fan base. Um and then there's a few games I've got nine that I, I, I haven't even heard of before, like a game called Grime, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a, a Soulsvania game that's only available on PC and Stadia right yeah. now. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be one of those very, very difficult Souls-like Metroidvania games. The Forgotten City, which I don't even understand. Oh, it was yeah. a, a Skyrim mod. Well, it started as one, but now it's a standalone product. Dude, that is a Justin game if I've ever seen one. And I just can't like the only reason I haven't started it is because I'm so excited to play it. And I'm entering my busy season that I don't I don't want to get a third or halfway through it and then fall off it like it's got a really cool like I spoiled myself on it a little bit and I kind of regret doing that. I don't even know how much I want to describe what makes it so cool. It it has a really it does a really cool thing with time and it's kind of all I want to say. So it was originally a Skyrim mod and then they yeah. just they built out its own version that doesn't use any Skyrim assets, is that right? You correct. Okay. Yeah. That's just like I, I realize I'm betraying my ignorance about the mod scene, but it's just, I had no idea this sort of th- thing was going on. It looks so cool. And like, I, I encourage you based off what I know, it's a game where like, look, if you like narrative adventure games and puzzles and like interesting stories and just unique experiences, like play it blind. I'm confident you'll love it. Like I kind of wish I'd played it blind, but since I did spoil myself a little, that made me even more hyped for like when I do eventually get around to it. Yeah, especially if it's in like um, adventure game or RPG of the year. Uh, if it's up, if it's a contender, I'll definitely want to check it out. Uh, and then there's a game called Wildermyth. I don't even know what that is, but it got a nine. I missed it. MyGen.com. Finally, Death Store, which we have talked about. I have played, and we have talked about in the show before. Oh, that got and, a nine. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and I, I liked it a lot, but then just something else came out, and I bounced off it, and I haven't been back to it. But I very, think Sam, very playable, you, fun. Yeah, yeah it's it's. I, I don't like my isometric games very much, so that kind of holds off on it being like my favorite thing ever. But you know, it's got uh, Metroid vibes, and then it just has a really fun Zelda-like combat with with more rolling. And um, <laughs> you're a bird, and the bird is yeah. really cute. And it's it's you know uh, about it has a very dark theme about um, death and resurrection and stuff. It's just, there's a lot tying that game together. It's just it's it's absolutely worth your time. Yeah. Like the Zeldas and the Metroids. And I think it's out on Switch today, actually. Ooh. That is a for, good match for that. For yesterday, for when you're listening to this. Um, okay, those are the nines and the ten of the past quarter. Previously on Game of the Year Watch, you'll remember uh, games were like Chivalry 2, Grifflands, Chicory, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, Knockout City, Subnautica Below Zero, It Takes Two, Curse of the Dead Gods, and Hitman 3. Mm. All got nines from IGN, so... Well, that's kind of what's that sam well i was just i was just thinking of those like i'd put hitman and death loop kind of at the top and they're kind of similar games sneaky well, shooters. The, other, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the interesting thing, though, is that probably my favorite game I've played of the year right now is probably Resident Evil Village. Mm. Yeah. I really liked it. The second playthrough really got me for that one, too. It's a strong choice. And then I Did had, you... obviously, very good feelings about Yakuza Like a Dragon as well. Well, but that's not this year. We yeah. played it this year. year. No, oh, it's not this year. Right. That's right. Oh, we were all well, late it's to our it? personal ah. year, then. Yeah, we played <laughs> it this year. Well, we yeah. could all play Lost Judgment. Yeah, hmm. although I'm I'm a few hours into that, and I'm enjoying it, but I keep hearing from people that it's just like the na- the narrative doesn't really make sense, and it's not um, well done, and you sort of uh, start to see it that as it's in the middle of the game. But I'm just I'm just happy to be back in Kamarocho and oh, you know, seeing some some fam- fam- some familiar faces and stuff. It's it's weird and nice and a little nostalgic. Yeah, it's cool to have a little foot in that world now, huh? Like, mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited to try out anything I did Yakuza going <laughs> They're yeah. all on Game Pass. And you have a skateboard, so there's that. Hell yeah. What was that, uh, Justin? Oh, I just, all the Yakuza games are on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So feel free to grab one that strikes your fancy and give it a try. Good shout. Um, the game of the year for me so far, easy, hands down, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. <laughs> is it actually is that, good? Is it? Is it just yeah. out? Is that already out yeah. now? Uh, the review embargo is up, and uh, so I think I can say that I've been playing it a little bit. Um, uh, IGN's reviewer didn't like it as much. We are the low review, which um, we're being given a little bit of a hard time for, but somebody has to be the low review, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, for me, no, I love it. Like I'm not, I'm not spoofing and goofing here at all. Like it's, uh, it's fantastic. Happy to have Monkey Ball back. Um, some of the mini games don't feel that great, but I'm in Monkey Ball for the single player arcade experience. Um, some of the remade mini games, I think they haven't quite been tuned right, and hopefully they'll patch that and clean them up. Mm-hmm. No motion controls? Uh, I don't know. I'm certainly not playing with motion controls. Um, <laughs> they added uh, they added some cool accessibility features. Um, you know, Monkey Ball is really hard. Uh, and like yeah. that was that was the primary criticism of the IGN review. It's just like in 2021, 20 years have gone by, and this game's difficulty isn't really like as appropriate anymore. But in the game's defense, it added a jump button, and it added like a half speed, like a slowdown time button. And I think that's just so cool. And like, what a fun compromise where like purists like me can get that kind of old school experience. But if you don't have the patience for that anymore, like you know, you don't have to. Like you can enjoy these games and still sort of get to the end with these assist features. Mm-hmm. Is it a new Monkey Ball game, or is it, it's not like a remake? It's a re, it's a remake. It's a total remake. Like it's made in Unity, you know, and has widescreen HD support and blah blah blah. And it's like a remake. It includes all the levels from Monkey Ball One and Two. Ah, okay, okay, gotcha. So uh, all of those, and then there's a little bit of new stuff, um, like a mode where you're not allowed to touch any bananas. So it's called Dark Banana Mode, and like that recontextualizes some of the levels. But um, normally you're supposed to roll and collect all the bananas you can and get to the end of the stage. That's the idea. Correct. Um, and so never this, beat a stage. I don't think ever in a monkey ball. <laughs> this one, um, it, it remakes one and two. And for me, the reason I'm in heaven is it has like a mission mode. Like you can earn these medals and I, there's like 700 of them for like beating a level, beating a level in a certain time limit, like beating a level with all the assists turned off and like so on and so forth. And so I've been having a, like, it's just incredibly addictive to like go back down and, and try to unlock as many of those as I can. Are your skills still paying the bills? Oh no, I'm I'm so bad at it now. I can pull off. It is a little bit like I, probably about a third of the old strats. I I'm still capable of doing, um, and the rest of them I'm too rusty to pull off. Have you tried like loosening up, having a, having a glass of beer, giving it a shot after that? 
Um, I have not, but I will say the muscle memory in monkey ball is like so tight and precise. Like it's a GameCube game, right? And I'm playing on the PS five. And so I bought a GameCube controller adapter. It's just for monkey ball for, uh, when, uh, you know, the PS five copy I got through work and when it comes out, I'll buy it on the switch. And then we'll see if playing on the actual authentic GameCube controller feels any different. Cool. I thought you were going to say Zookeeper World. That's your favorite. That's the game of the year. It's up there, dude. It's so good. Tina, Tina, what level are you on? I'm on like 135, which is a little insane. But but you know what? That's when you unlock the fire extinguisher. (laughs) That's right. I've had that mission for so long. (laughs) Oh no, dude! Yeah, they get further and further apart. The goalposts. Yeah, Yeah, Justin. I just like I thought I was far, and I'm on like mission 90 something. Oh, yeah. Since we talked about it last week, I downloaded it and I was like, oh, I should see what this is all about. And it's just been nonstop addiction since then. Look what you guys have done to me. 135. So good. <laughs> I'm, in I the now. I'm in the 120s somewhere. So nice. I'm getting up there. Wow. Is it okay it's to really... play on a phone versus like controller base? Yeah. Oh, for that, right? You wouldn't 100%. use a controller. Like, okay. Yeah. It's built for that. It's just swipeys. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I play on an iPad if you have an iPad. Same. I was talking yeah. to one of our, our engineers this week. Completely, completely out of the blue. She used to work at um, our product team. I mean, she used to work at GameStop. And she was like, yeah, when when I was in GameStop, I would play this game Zookeeper all day on the, um, <laughs> the what is it? The, the upright kiosks things, like the big mm-hmm. The big demo thing. stations, yeah. And yeah. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Zookeeper? Like, that's the second time I've ever heard of this game in my entire life. And that was like yesterday. <laughs> it, that's, it means it's coming for you. It's a sign. Yeah, and, yeah. and it sounds like as a DS game, it was like people loved it too. So that's, I guess, what its origins were also. DS yeah. Game. Yeah, I think yeah. so. That should definitely be up for best puzzle game. For sure. Uh, Sam, best game you've played this year that was released this year? Well, I, I mentioned uh, Hitman and Deathloop, yeah. I think, no, are up there. Are. However, uh, once you mentioned Resident Evil, that got me thinking. But like, none of those mm-hmm. games stand out as like, oh, this is a lifetime Sammy game. But uh, I, I really, really am into I had a great. Like having beat games means a lot this year because I've played a lot of games and boy, Deathloop and Resident Evil. Uh, the difference there is that I went I went immediately back and played Resident Evil second time, um, mm. with its like weird arcadey, fluffy, you know, second uh, yeah. thing that I want. Infinite, in, infinite shotgun ammo. Yeah, that was really fun too. Which, like, you know, I don't know if there's a reason to go back and play Deathloop anymore. But yeah. so something about Deathloop, I feel satisfied by the end of Deathloop. Told a good story, <laughs> not concluded in a satisfying way. My cheat answer is Mass Effect Remake. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. It's cheating. No, oh, I mean it. It. it <clears throat> it's a valid response. Is your personal favorite game you played this year? This year, um, but it should, should sort of not be a contender. Yeah, well, it probably won't this, be. Yeah. There's there's a difference between like you know Tina's heart pick and Tina's brain mm-hmm. pick. Yeah, sure. So I'm gonna go with Yakuza like a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited for Halo. Yeah, so that's my game that I'm looking forward to the most this year. We do still have Halo coming. There's Forza Horizon 5, uh, which, you know, may be the only real competition that um, uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed has. (laughs) Of course, Metroid Dread and Far Cry 6, I think, are both next week. Mm -hmm. Um, That's right. So we still have this stuff coming. But as I sort of look at all this, I I think I've played a lot of, you know, good games this year, some great games this year, but there's nothing that's like, Mm-hmm. God of War or Red Dead Redemption 2 or The Last of Us Part 2 or even Ghost of Tsushima. Nothing that's like that sort of level. So, yeah, I think not, I not like one of the top tier years of gaming, maybe. I think I agree. 
which is not to say quite like, you know, Ratchet and Clank, like all these games are incredible, yeah. but I, I don't know how much so far these experiences are going to stick with me, you know, years yeah. from now. Yeah. Okay, moving on. In case you didn't know, and you probably don't, <clears throat> IGN runs a, a biennial uh, segmentation study. They've run this since 2008. And biennial means every two years. Is that correct? Am I right in this? Oh, nobody knows. <laughs> Biannually, I think would be twice a year, but biennially is every two years. Mm. And they run this study in partnership with Nielsen, the same Nielsen that tracks how many people are watching you know, every episode of every TV show. <clears throat> and so they did a study of 2,653 gamers. And for the purposes of the study, they define a gamer as someone who owns a device specifically for gaming and plays at least three hours a week or three times a week in gaming. So that's the definition for the purposes of this study. And so they look at things like, you know, what what are sort of um, the different types of gamers that are out there? What are the differences between them? What are their, their preferences? And then iGen can use that data to sort of like make a plan of attack for content and uh, how we can sort of attract different audiences of gamers. So, and we have uh, some of the data here. I just thought, I think it's interesting to me. And I thought a lot of our audience would find it interesting as well. So for instance, um, just among gamers in general, all the gamers that surveyed, the most, uh, the biggest motivator for purchase, the biggest purchase motivator was genre, game uh, genre. I thought it'd be Game Scoop. Yeah, believe it or not, Game Scoop, Game of the Year Watch is not actually, it didn't make the, the list mm. of what purchase okay. motivators were. We'll, we'll it is, it's the only video game podcast, though. I know. I know. That's all... the only place you're getting your information from. Makes Where sense. else are you going to go? But respondents, seventy, nearly 70% of respondents say genre is their main purchase motivator, which is interesting just to think that most people are just like, I like this type of game, so yeah. I'll, if, if this type of game looks good, I'll just I'll buy that one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the source of the most arguments in uh, best of meetings we have. So, um, genre, <laughs> what, like, well, what genre something is? Yeah. Everything's is an RPG. Puzzle, is this a puzzle platform or a puzzle action game? I don't know. Tell yeah. me if I like it or not, and I guess I'll tell you what genre it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I always and, that and you know, Damon's kind of the genre master here because we give him all of the genre questions. Yeah, that's true. Questions. Yeah, it's true. It is true. It makes when, sense, though, because like you know, a lot there's a lot of people out there that probably don't consider themselves gamers, but do play a regular amount of a franchise, even um, or like you know, they like yeah. basketball games, they like soccer games. Like there's a specific genre that you'll inherently uh, just purchase every year. Bowling, racing, those have huge audiences that they just probably like. That's the type of game I play. I have a bunch of cool yeah. racing equipment in my house. Yeah, right. Speaking of franchise, though, only 38% of respondents said franchise was uh, important to them when, uh, with their purchase decisions. And the way mm. at the bottom was length, game length. Only 20% said that was important to them. So, Yeah, 20% said a lot, but yeah. There have been times in my life where that was important. I mean, I remember being a little kid and being like, tell, telling my parents, like, this game would be like Final Fantasy 2 or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like 100 hours. You know, and for yeah, them, they're like, well, this game's eight hours or one hour, and it costs the same amount of money. We'll get you this long one. It's a good argument. It's the inverse relationship to your age. You know, when you're younger and you might mm -hmm. have a more limited budget, you want a longer game, a more replayable game. When you're older, and you, especially if you've got kids and a family, you might want the shorter experiences. Mm -hmm. 
the study collects data on on things outside of gaming that gamers enjoy. Uh, obviously, this data can be useful to advertisers. And uh, the entertainment franchise uh, that was most popular with gamers in the survey was Spider Man. Nearly sixty yeah. percent that uh, checks out. Respondents saying they love that Spider Man, and then Marvel was right behind it. Of course, oh, Spider Man and Marvel should be considered the same thing, but. There's been times in which I would say Batman would be the obvious choice for that, but they kind of dropped the ball on some Batman stuff recently, and there just hasn't oh. been a game in a while, right? So the top yeah, five yeah. are Spider-Man, Marvel, Harry Potter, and then oh. Star Wars. Star Wars and Batman are tied with fifty percent. Got it. Okay. Huh. Hmm? Spider-Man. You know, to the question. Oh, what's that? I mean, it's just like Spider-Man's had a really good run, right? Like the Marvel movies, and then the, the Into the Spider-Verse, like the beloved. Hmm? And then two mm-hmm. major games that people like a lot too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, that's true. <laughs> also, like his he's younger, so he, like maybe his appeal spans a, a wider age gap. That's don't true. have to worry about. He, he's not killing anyone like Wolverine. That's why I don't like him. In fact, I think he's a scoundrel <laughs> and, and a vigilante, and I think he should be brought to justice. <laughs> Uh, so this is so uh, to the question. Now, remember, everyone in the in the study by the the study's rules, they were we considered them gamers. But to the question, uh, do I consider myself a gamer? Seventy one percent of male respondents said yes, but only thirty eight percent of female respondents said yes. Even if, even though they own a dedicated gaming device, play three hours a week. Yeah, I mean that's that's the difference between gamer being, you know, an actual accurate reflection of like what you're spending your time on and, and, uh, the label gamer, which means something different. If you self identify that way, you're putting yourself in a different bucket of individuals separate from how you actually spend your time. Sure. And I get it's, it's a very existential question too, because you, it's a personal definition of what that means to you, how you identify that, culturally for yourself and then whether or not you I, I align with it. Cause I bet people have different definitions of what a gamer identity means for them or for how they've been, how they've uh, seen it to be portrayed mm-hmm. to them in their circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also weird. Cause like, yes, I'm obviously a gamer, but like, that's something that I, that question, do I consider myself a gamer is something I never think about or talk about, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, it's just strange. Do you yeah, introduce so yourself you that way to people? Yeah, until you get started. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's just, it, you know, this is not any, this is not a new take, but it's just strange to get, get video games are the only thing that's like that. There's not like a, a similar term for movie buffs or. That is know. a term. Cinephile? It, I guess. Well, that's true, but yeah. look, it's not used as widely as no. it you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And people don't ascribe, they don't internalize that selves. Mm-hmm. This is who I am, even if they are a big movie lover, music lover, or whatever, in the same way that uh, a huge plurality of of you know capital g gamers do yeah yeah that that term is, is, is you know but i was just gonna say that's the other thing are you a lowercase g gamer mm-hmm. or are you a capital <laughs> g gamer how is this survey specifically structured is what we need to well, know yeah it's too bad we uh, don't have have terms that uh like you know you don't need to self-identify as as you know a type of person to like video games so i think i guess what i'd always say, say to people is like oh yeah i love I, I play a lot of video games or something like that like you know mm-hmm. instead of saying you know, I am a, it's yeah. interesting to think about. There are a few genres that male and female gamers like equally. Uh, those are platformers, horror games, and construction or management sims. Mm. I'm surprised by that third one. The construct, the, the management games, like. Yeah. Well, I, I guess like, if, if you get Stardew Valley and sim sure. games in there. Yeah, SimCity. Huge genres. 
Yeah, there's such a wide range to sim, and then it's it's also so relaxing. So everyone can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And the or study. The study divides uh, gamers into two age demographics. And this is actually a part of the study that I'm not crazy about because I just think that that's a little too simplistic. It looks at Gen Z, which are kids to 24-year-olds, and then millennials, which are 25 to 40-year-olds. And that's it. So like someone like me who's <laughs> over 40, it's like, well, screw it. You don't exist, yeah. Damon. Where do I fit well, in? You're not important to marketers, Damon. You can, well, you can as a millennial, t- I can relate to 25-year-olds really well. So it's really a helpful genre <laughs> distinction for, for us too, Damon. It's all, they're if also you, really wide age ranges. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wide. <laughs> if you were to look at the cross tabs, like if you were to ask Tate, I'm sure that we polled, you know, over 40s, but like for distilling it down into like something mm-hmm. digestible and presentable, that that was probably stripped out of the results. But I'm, yeah, I'm sure. th- those are also just the categories that people tend to be, you know, ask questions around and want more insight around. So, yeah, it's, it's a selective process. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, the data on Gen Z uh, says they, that group is uh, much more likely to watch people play games that they don't play themselves, mm-hmm. obviously watching streamers, and then they're less likely to keep up with gaming news. Uh, mm-hmm. So they may be interested in you know, a certain game of the moment, but they're not like reading video game news on IGN every day, making sure they're keeping up with everything. Well, they get yeah. it all from the podcast. This podcast. <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're probably much less likely to listen to a video game podcast also. It's extremely rude. What, <laughs> what are we saying when we say, hey, listeners, then? We uh, we're, so, we're, we're, we're basically saying, hey, millennials, <laughs> 25 to 40-year-olds. Hey, uh, gamer-identifying millennials <laughs> and Gen Z. <laughs> that, like, these three genres. Much more <laughs> likely to do research on games and movies and TV shows before they purchase or make a time investment and much more likely to spend money in game. Uh, Gen Z over indexes on iPhone and Xbox as core device for their preference for gaming. And that's probably because they're younger, have less disposable income. They already have a phone. They don't have to buy anything extra to play Fortnite or whatever. And then maybe game pass is the reason on for an Xbox. It's just a huge value there. Very good news for Microsoft and Xbox to get a stat like that. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder if some of that's just self-selecting based off of, uh, you know, I don't know, like PlayStation seems to produce and publish more prestige games like The Last of Us, um, you know, whereas Xbox seems to go a little bit, uh, you know, their shooters, FPS, like, you know, Gears of War, Halo, like that, that just feels like younger franchises than than uh, than Sony's. To the question, I plan to purchase a next gen console. Uh, 64% of millennials said yes, but only 36% uh, of Gen Z said yes. Oh, wow. Well, they are expensive. They are expensive. Mm -hmm. We've established that they're not doing their research. They might not even know they exist. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they might not care. Like if they're playing free to play games, you know, if they're really into Fortnite and whatever, like, you know, they can still use game pass on an Xbox one. Mm -hmm. Wasn't the the, the switch pretty popular in that, that last section too? Um, oh, uh, among Gen Z in particular. Okay. That's mm-hmm. another platform that they gravitate towards. Um, this, this study is, this study is very extensive. I cherry picked th- uh, just little bits. I thought was particularly interesting. There are some game preference similarities between, between Gen Z gamers and millennials. Uh, things that have universal appeal, appeal are Mario, Tetris, then Apex Legends and mm. Elder Scrolls. So that was interesting, but I'm, I'm willing to bet Elder Scrolls really means Skyrim. I don't know how many Gen Mm -hmm. Gen Zers are playing Morrowind 
<laughs> 10 <laughs> years of just Skyrim, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. That, they were little kids before that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. When looking for sources of info, what's most important to Gen Zers is personality. They're looking to get their video game info from certain personalities. And then for millennials, they're looking for a depth of information, skill level, and expertise. And that's well for journalism. Yeah, Tara will be the first (laughs) to tell you that it's hard to cater to both of those audiences. Unless your game Scoop. Unless your game Scoop. More personalities personalities. and depth. And yes, yes. And we're just the best at games. You're just the best. I just, I cleared, mm-hmm. I cleared all of Demon Souls and Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Hey, look, I mean, all we, have, all we, have, we have a Zookeeper kill screen coming up. Yep. So. <laughs> I got nothing. I'll show anybody my monkey ball replays. I got nothing to hide. Yep. <laughs> uh, the study recognizes six unique group of gamers. And back when they started the study in 2008, it was hardcore and casual. And that was mm-hmm. it. Now it's a little bit more nuanced. So six groups of gamers. Number one, incidental gamers. They don't identify as gamers. They play mobile and free-to-play games, and that group is 70% female. Then there's occasional gamers. They wait for sales before buying, and they have other hobbies that is more, are more important to them than gaming. But they'll play mm-hmm. a game if a game that they like goes on sale. Mm-hmm. Then there are neutral gamers, and they do not like to spend money on gaming. They don't have strong feelings oh, about anything they're asked about other than price. No <laughs> research, <laughs> and I'm not paying a dime, but I'm a gamer. And now the, the following three groups is where they start to seem much more relevant to me. It sort, of really, it sort of really ramps up. There's classic gamers. They think games are getting too complicated and they prefer older movies. Oh, boy. Yeah. Crotchy starting, gamers. Yeah, that's starting to feel like me, but I, I, I don't feel like I'm grumpy about it. Then there, are, <laughs> then there are dedicated gamers. They play games every day. They're interested in downloadable content. They love single-player games, mm-hmm. and they spend the second most time playing g- video games behind the final group, lifelong gamers. They stay current with all aspects of gaming. They're seen as experts among other gamers. 75% of them are married, and most of them have kids. Oh. So, so I guess classic that's... gamers just want the rest of those gamers to get off their damn lawns. Yes, exactly. Um. Gen Z is apparent is mostly occasional gamers. Like, so again, waiting for sales before buying, have other hobbies that are more important to them. And then millennials skew lifelong gamer. Okay. The neutral one's really funny. So that's, that's it. Uh, game scoop nation. I, let us know uh, what, what, what group you fall into. I have a feeling I know which mm-hmm. one. Are you yeah. going to build us a little personality test we can take? Uh, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> You're not going to end the episode. You're not going to pick what genre of 20 questions game is. You're not well, going to survey. We did do that once. Didn't we do that like four years ago? Maybe Sam, we, we let people take a poll to see which of the segmentation yeah. buckets from that year. It they sounds fell into. like such a good idea that we must've done it. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we did. We had little shields, like little emblems that represented the, what you ended up like, what your result yeah. was. I maybe do have dreamed that. I know. I think, I think we did that. <laughs> It's a good idea, right? And like, it would yeah. be fun to do that with the new the new classification. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. We'll add the personality test in post. Yep. Uh, okay. This week, the N64 turned 25, which can only mean one thing. IGN also turned 25 years old this week. Uh, what was the, the date was on Wednesday. What date was that? The 28th? No, it was on Tuesday, so the 28th, right? 
I thought it was yesterday, the 29th. Was well, anyway, yesterday? this month, September, 25 years old. It was, oh, I don't, I think it was on, I just, I've forgotten when we had, we had a little it was, view it was meeting. Yesterday. Okay, it was, it was only yesterday. yesterday. Okay. Yeah, we've Good been enough. celebrating it for like a week and we've got like another week of celebrations, but it was formally yesterday. Yeah, so yesterday, which was September 29th. The N64 launched and then N64 or IGN64.com launched at the same time. Although it was still N64.com back then. Okay. That, that was the controversy. N64 first, and then, of course, uh, Nintendo wasn't going to yeah. have any of that and had to become yeah. IGN64. And, yep. and Mario 64 was out at the same time as then 64, right? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. the coverage was around Mario 64. When the which, is how, which is how I found ign because i was i got i was mm-hmm. looking for help finding all the stars and that led me to probably n64.com and then like me too like we hope so many people do when they come looking for game help i stuck around and read some other stuff and yeah. became a fan of ign we've we've done a lot of work on that um that strategy guide over the years and in fact we're doing a fun project with it right now uh TPD. but um we uh uh when i first started uh, i remember that was one of the selection of guides that we had that were on one static page, like a GeoCities page. Like it was like, yeah, like all this stuff, like straight down the page. But like when I started in like 2001, whatever it was, seven or eight, um, you know, we had like strategy guides with like 100 pages and stuff. And it was like really funny. They had these legacy guides. And I need, I keep meaning to look that up in the internet archives to find it because I too used that guide for sure early on and the Ocarina of Time yep. one. Me too. Yeah. yeah, I I that's my first memory of IGN anything was using the Super Mario 64 star guide. I also like print guides, which I really liked. That game some of the stars in that game, like there's one in Womp's Fortress that's just hidden in a wall. Yeah, you just like, break the corner break. of the wall. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, like that game is a you know, ten out of ten, one of the all-time greats. It's on my greatest games of all time list. But like if you don't know where those stars are, it's like mm, I don't know about this game in like twenty twenty one. Like a third of the stars are like total bullshit. So yeah. um what a perfect guide game. Yeah, that star name is probably something like the secret of the wall. <laughs> like, it really that's exactly what it is. Um, so yeah, n64.com became ign64.com, and then they started the Imagine Games Network. There's a whole umbrella, a whole network of sites, including the Den and Game Sages, and a lot, lots, mm-hmm. lots of other sites. I definitely never went to any of those. Do you remember what it was? I didn't either. Um, uh, what was the game? Game Spy. Game Spy was in there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember the year that they collapsed everything to ign.com? It was like 2000? Was it before that? I mean, I don't remember that because I don't remember those other sites, but I remember IGN. Oh, do I remember well, what I'm year saying, it was? Yeah, Pear, it was yeah, Pear, yeah, it was 2000. Yeah, Pear gave a big presentation on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I remember the. Uh, uh, I, I was on dial-up at the time, which was already getting less common. Like broadband was more common, but my family and household was still on dial-up, and IGN got like I stopped visiting the site for a few years because it got too heavy for me to like load. I got a little <laughs> bit left behind. Um, but then eventually, you know, when we got a, a better internet connection, like then I was back, always reading IGN. And, and then 2003, 2004, I started getting published as a games journalist and IGN kind of became <laughs> the enemy. Um, <laughs> not in like a super acrimonious, like I hate you way, but like definitely trying to like win over IGN as the competition before I worked here was that was a real a real thing in the 10 years that followed. How'd that go? <laughs> well, I'm here now. That's how that <laughs> exactly. went. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty cool. There aren't many websites that are much of anything today that are 25 years old. Mm-hmm. What about institution? 
Yeah, I mean, the IGN doesn't stay still. Just speaking for me, that's what I like about working here. I've never ever been bored working here. Like trying new things and let's experiment and let's test and like that balance of like we are a pretty big company, but like we'll move fast and try stuff and let's publish on TikTok and. You know, 12 years ago or whenever it was, it was like, let's see what happens when we test out this new platform called YouTube yes. and um, and the the willingness and the risk to like, I know everyone is all about FAQs, but wikis like that's the future. And like, let's build and launch a wikis platform like that's really cool. And like, as long as IGN continues having that attitude of like, we're not going to stay still, we're never going to be bored, we're going to reinvent ourselves like you know, the site's going to uh, be well positioned for the next 25 years, I think. I'm just here for the GTA 5 cheats. <laughs> <laughs> you and everybody else. You and so many others. <laughs> Did you guys yeah, know? There's, um, oh, no, go ahead, Tina. I was just going to quickly say that, uh, yeah, I mean, 25 years is quite a bit of time across the media landscape. So, you know, Justin's alluding to a lot of changes in, in formats and in different um, kinds of platforms and, you know, whether you adapt or... Or, or stick to the old school, but uh, there's a basically a recap um, of that presentation that Pear did on Twitter that's really interesting that kind of goes mm-hmm. through all the ebbs and flows of what's happened in the industry and how IGN pivoted both in design but also um, new platforms and new types of content to respond to the different shifts in what readership behaviors were and just what the internet structures were and, mm-hmm. and what was being introduced at the time. It's a really fascinating read. Everybody should check it out. For sure. Hey, I also really like looking, uh, a couple of our editors were pointing this out this week too. It's really fun looking at old websites, whether they're ours or others. And I don't spend much time doing that. But sometimes when I see like what a homepage looked like when I used to go there, it's awesome. I love that. Or one that I never went to. It's just like, what a funny way of, you know, presenting information on a tiny computer screen at the time. It's just, it's just great. It's just so funny to see what things look like then. Yeah, a lot of people had memories of reading. Um, Like, I think there's a there's a huge group of people who read uh, IGN very dedicatedly in like the 90s. And then there was like the the early 2000s and then like the Mm -hmm. 2010 period. And they're all very different designs. But so I think there's there's a nostalgia and attachment to seeing those designs and remembering reading back in the day. But it also is sort of informative about just how websites were adapting Mm -hmm. um, at the time too, not just IGN. Yeah. It really makes you, well, it makes me appreciate um, designers and good design Mm -hmm. because anytime something's redesigned and relaunched, everybody hates it, right? That's just (laughs) the way the world works. Mm -hmm. You know, any car, any phone, any device, any anything. It's totally true. Yeah. But, but then, (laughs) but then two years later, you see the old one. And you're like, oh man, no, like, <laughs> no this, this is, is an a, improvement. Yeah. this is such an improvement, but like, you have to like the, to have the vision of like, uh, uh, make something seem inevitable in hindsight is, um, is a real skill and talent that like, you know, I certainly don't have that. So, you know, kudos to all the designers out there that are just gearing up to make everybody angry when they relaunch something. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know? I am the sixth most tenured employee at IGN. Wow. I, did not, I was going to ask. I, I knew you were up there. I thought yeah. you'd be number two. Uh, Mark <laughs> Nix. Mark Nix is number two. Mm-hmm. How did you see what, this list? Following pair? This list was shown to me. Was recently. I on it? Uh, well, not in the top. Not before me. <laughs> I mean, Sam, you've been, what, is it 12 years for you? 13? Yeah. 13, yeah. yeah. So you're, you're, you're definitely up there. Yeah, but definitely up there. It's Pear, Mark Nix, uh, Ann Furman is, is ahead I was going to say, I bet, awesome. bet Ann. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, oh, yeah, and also happy birthday to the Nintendo 64. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion, our suggestion this week comes from Luke, and Luke has a hint for you. He says this is his favorite game of all time. Oh. Let the questioning, live? let the questioning begin. Well, Luke has good taste. Oh, we can ask. But does Luke? That's exactly what I was gonna say. All right. Well, we clinched one last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, we really got that last minute, so we should try to get this in maybe three or four questions, just to kind of. Yeah, we'll time it out. Where to uh, start? This appeared on uh, IGN64.com. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. No. Keeping it in the meta. Was this game originally released after January first, two thousand ten? Yes. So it couldn't even have been on Saturn World. <laughs> Definitely not. Or Sega uh, is, Sages. Sega Sages. Is it part of a series? Yes. Uh, was this game originally released? F- well, I don't know how to phrase this. I want to get if it's this gen or last gen. Was this game originally released on last gen consoles? No. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. wait. I'm sorry. Woo-hoo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put the finger down <laughs> just to then put it back up. Yeah. It's new. <laughs> so, so last gen being PS4, Xbox One, and I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Whatever yeah. switches. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo's off cycle now, so. Yeah, I guess it'd be Wii U. Um, is this a platform exclusive? Yes. That's five. Is it a PS4 exclusive? Yes. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. What's going on here is we're about to win this game. <laughs> Now it's cat oh, action. Same. Oh my goodness. They love microphones yeah. every yeah. time. So Lion does the same. Um, is, was this developed um, by a Japanese studio? No. Mm-hmm. PS4 exclusive. Was it developed by in the United States? Yes. So. Should we ask if it's still... Like if it's got a current, this part of a series, if it's ongoing series, yeah. So we know it's a series, but maybe one that has another game coming out. Maybe it's a remake. Maybe like, that's too narrow. Like uh, Shadow of the Colossus did uh, remake from that era, and there's another remake too. That was two years. Yeah. Is it in the first person perspective? No. Hmm. Um, I don't. It's, I, I feel like sometimes we're like so insightful, and we're like hunters, like yeah. honing in on the game. And like right now, <laughs> if someone were like Justin, name a PS4 game, I'd be like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, <it's> totally <laughs> blank. <laughs> we well, that's why if, we need to narrow it a little bit. Should hmm. we ask if it's an indie game? That's pretty good. An indie exclusive. It, it'd be unusual, right? Um, no. PlayStation, not for Xbox. Okay, yeah. What well, is this an indie game? Are we back in no. Catcom. Oh man, Cat, <laughs> Catcom. She's moving Catcom? the mic. Catcom, my Cat favorite com. company. It is. Yeah. It's not an indie game. Will she meow? No, probably not. Only when she's hungry. Wait, is Sami a girl? Food? Yeah, Sami's a girl. Oh, I've always thought Sami was a boy cat. I never knew. She's a big cat shark. 
Yep. Oh, she's shedding. Okay, that's ten. <laughs> Not indie. Mm. Made in the U.S. I mean, we could probably get company if it's not indie and it's U.S. based. Published by Sony. Right. Do we need to know that? It's God of War. Uh, that's that's a good point. We don't. Is it a first party game? Yes. Oh shit! Mm. That was a really good call. Sam. I was picturing yeah. like you know Activision. Me too. Until right. I started thinking, oh yeah, there's all these California studios that are making Sony games now. Okay, so. Yeah, probably uh, Sony Santa Monica. Hmm. That doesn't have to be. I don't. There's not that many U.S.-based Sony studios, is there? We, this is probably got a word. Does this game star Kratos? No. Ah, <laughs> he's just a secondary character. Well, what else? What other? There's Horizon. I was thinking, but they're of... not. They're in. They're in Europe. They are. Yeah. Damon doesn't know that. <laughs> Uh, mm. Is there a, is this franchise one that has a title? Is this game of a franchise that has an unreleased upcoming title? Continuing it? Not as of this recording. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. That was. We should put that one in our pocket. That was a good one. Mm. Um. So it is a series, but there's been no announcements about a follow up from the PS4 release. Man, I really feel like first party Sony game made in the US. Uncharted? Could be a Naughty Dog game. Yeah, could be Last of Us. And we don't know of a three coming out either. Is this a Naughty Dog game? Yes. Hey. So one of the dogs. Is <laughs> this game star uh is this game star Nathan Drake? No. That's well, 15. There was, remember there was a spin-off of Uncharted Lost Legacy. That was not Nathan Drake, so that means it's Last of Us. It was the only Naughty Dog game. No, no, I'm saying that The Lost Legacy also stars somebody that's not Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. No, he's still... Oh, oh, yeah, uh, understood. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, it starred what, are, Chloe are and... Are uh... infected in this game? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. So it's The Last of Us? Should we... Conf- I mean, it's got... I mean, it's obviously The Last of Us. Yeah. But, and it's yeah. definitely not The Last of Us, too. But- so it's The Last of Us? You're guessing, is it The Last of Us? Oh, no, it's not The Last of Us. No, it is. No, it's it's made okay. by Naughty Dog. He, we know it's a Naughty Dog game. Form it in the, do it in the form of a question. This is Jeopardy. Well, I no, mean, I'm Tina, hesitating. Tina, 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 Tina. Well, could it be wrong? Question. I mean, could, could Tina, I, I'm just no. trying to think, like, is there, like, a, you know, like, would it have been um, the, the DLC that followed? No. It's just The Last of Us. Just say it. Are there giraffes in this game? <laughs> No. <laughs> what? The, <laughs> See? What was the um the like standalone Lost. um sp- spin-off called that's slipping my memory? Lost Legacy. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. But are they infected in that game? Probably. It's uncharted. There's always there's always like there's Yetis in one game. No no no. I'm talking about The Last of Us. Oh, okay. Standalone that focused on um, Ellie yeah. and was it also called Left Behind or something like yeah. that? I, I think so. Is it a wait? Should okay. How many more questions do we have left? Two is questions game, and a guess. Is this game in the Uncharted franchise? No. Is okay. it a spinoff 
of The Last of Us standalone spinoff? It's not a spinoff, no. It's just The Last of Us. We're, I think we got this one. It's either that or Sly Cooper. But there's no right? giraffes. He said there's no giraffes. He just doesn't know. He didn't get that far. Okay, well, there's absolutely a giraffe in The Last of Us. It's pretty well documented. He knows it. So it's Sly Cooper and the Thebus Reckonings. <laughs> they didn't do, did they, wait, 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 wait. Did they do like, a, was it like a Jack and Daxter trilogy or something on PS4? Yeah, it's not, it's not Sly, it's Jack and With Infected? They did Jack and Daxter and they did Crash Bandicoot. So if they did some sort of trilogy or remaster of those on PS4. But it could be Last of Us 2, right? Is that what we're getting at here? No, that was on... No, because that was... Wait a minute. No, it was on PS4. Oh, that was on PS4. I've been picturing that as... I've been picturing that as a PS5 game this whole time. Me too. I've blurred Um, the lines of the generations. It's probably The Last of Us 2. There's no giraffe in there. That's what that Robin Thicke song is about. It's The Last of Us 2. We only have a guest left, right? Mm. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it is. Is it, is it The Last of Us 2? Yes, gee. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, okay. In our defense, we always go to 19 now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just the style. We're trying to make it really, you know, exciting for, yeah. for the listeners. This is Squid, squid Game Scoop. But Tina and I both made the same mistake silently. Yeah, that oh. it just like definitely wasn't The Last of Us 2. That's why I was thinking Left Behind, which I couldn't figure out the name of. That's why I made the same mistake audibly when you asked me if it was the last gen game. And I said, no. Oh, wait a minute. Ah, yes. yep. There it is. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's because like we also transitioned to the PS5 pretty much immediately. So yeah. I've kind of left behind yeah. the PS4, if you will. Well, it had it some pretty absolute... amazing blades of grass for PS4. We can yeah. all admit that. Un- Unbelievable that this game is on the PS4. Absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible. Definitely looks like a PS5 game. Feels impossible. It feels impossible that this game's on previous, (laughs) like a hardware that's that old. Yeah. Uh, Well, you got there in the end, and that's what counts. Thank you (laughs) for the suggestion, Luke. It's his favorite game of all time. Uh, Listeners, yeah, if you have your own uh, suggestions for video game 20 questions, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com. That is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Mariah, working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameSoup. We're out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.